Good evening, everybody. Uh, we will start the study of the Kenu Upanishad on the auspicious note with the chanting of the Vedas. I'll be chanting the Devi Suktam from the Rig Veda Samhita. And before that, I'll be having you listen to some Shanti Mantras and Prarthana. <clears throat> um. गणपति गुम हवामहे कविंकवीनामुपमश्रवस्तम ज्येष्ठराजं ब्रह्मणां ब्रह्मणस्पत आन शृण्वन्नूतिभिस्सीदसादनम महागणपतये नमः प्रणो देवी सरस्वती वाजे भिरवाजिनी वती धीनाम विक्रवतु आनो दिवो बृहत पर्वता सरस्वतीय जता गंतु यंस हंसा विमे परम हंसा धीमह तो हंस प्रचोदयात ओ त्र्यंबकमहे सुगंधि पुष्टिवर्धनम उर्वाकमिव बंधना मृत्योर्मुक्षीयृता सहस्रमयुत पाशा मृत्यो मर्त्याय हे तान्यवयजामहे मृत्यवे स्वाहा मृत्यवे स्वाहा ओं नमो भगवते रुद्रा विष्णवे मृत्युर्मे पाही तत्षा विमे महादेवाय धीमह तो रुद्र प्रचोदयात ओं नमस्ते अस्तु भगवन्श्वराय महादेवाय त्र्यंबकाय त्रिपुरांतकाय त्रिकालाय कालाद्रा नीलकंठाय मृत्युंजयाय सर्वेश्वराय सदा शिवाय श्रीमन्महादेवाय नम ओं सहनावतु सहनौभुनक्त सह वीर करवावह तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मिद्विषावह ओं शांति 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 हरि ओं शन्नो मित्र शरुण शन्नो शन्न इंद्रो बृहस्पति शन्नो विष्णुरुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो वायमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मासी वामेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामी रथम वदिष्यामी सत्यम वदिष्यामी तन्मावतू तदक्तावतू अवतु मवतु वक्ता ओं शांति 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 हरि ओं 
ಮಧುವಾತಾರತಾಯತೆ ಮಧುಕ್ಷರಂತಿ ಸಿಂಧವ ಮಾಧ್ವೀರ್ಣ ಸಂತೋಷಧಿ ಮಧುನಕ್ತ ಮುತೋಷಸಿ ಮಧುಮತ್ಪಾರ್ಥಿವಗುಂರಜ ಮಧುಧ್ಯೌರಸ್ತು ನಿತಾ ಮಧುಮಾನೋ ವನಸ್ಪತಿರ್ಮಧುಮಾಗುಂಸ್ತು ಸೂರ್ಯ ಮಾಧ್ವೀರ್ಗಾವೋ ಭವಂತು ನಃ ಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ದೇವಿ ಸೂಕ್ತ ಋಗ್ವೇದ ಸಂಹಿತ ಅಹಂ ರುದ್ರೇಭಿರ್ವಸುಭಿಶ್ಚರಾಹಮಾಧಿತ್ಯೈರುತವಿಶ್ವೇವೈ ಅಹಂ ಮಿತ್ರವರುಣೋಭಾಭಿಮಿಂದ್ರಾಗ್ನಿ ಅಹಮಶ್ವಿನೋಭಾ ಅಹಂ ಸೋಮಹನಸಿಭರ್ಮ್ಯಹಂತ್ವಷ್ಟಾರಮುತಪೂಷಣ ಭಗಂ ಅಹಂ ದಾಮಿ ದ್ರವಿಣ ಹವಿಷ್ಮತೆ ಸುಪ್ರಾವ್ಯಜಮಾನಯ ಸುಂವತೆ ಅಹಂ ರಾಷ್ಟ್ರೀ ಸಂಗಮನೀ ವಸೂನಾ ಚಿಕಿತುಷೀ ಪ್ರಥಮಾಜ್ಞಾನ ದೇವಾವ್ಯದುಷ್ಪುರುತ್ರ ಭೂರಿಸ್ಥಾತ್ರ ಭೂರ್ಯಾವೇಶಯಂತೀಂ ಮಯಾಸೋನ್ನಮತ್ತೀಯೋ ವಿಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಯಾಣಿತೀಯ ಈಂ ಶೃಣೋತ್ಯುಕ್ತ ಅಮಂತವೋಮಾಂತ ಉಪಕ್ಷಿಯಂತಿ ಶ್ರುತಿಶ್ರುತಶ್ರದ್ಧಿವಂತೇ ವದಿ ಅಹಮೇವಸ್ವಯಮಿದಂ ವದಿ ಜುಷ್ಟನ್ ದೇವೇಭಿತಮಾನುಷೇಭಿಂಕಾಮೇತಂತಮುಗ್ರಂ ಕೃಣೋಮಿ ತ್ರಹ್ಮಾನಂತಮೃಷಿಂತ ಸುಮೇಧಾಂ ಅಹನ್ರುದ್ರಾಯಧನುರಾತನೋಮಿ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮದ್ವಿಶೇಷರವೇಹಂತವಾ ಅಹಂಜನಾಯ ಸಮದಂ ಕೃಣೋಮ್ಯಹಂದ್ಯಾವಾ ಪೃಥ್ವೀ ಆವಿವೇಶ ಅಹಂ ಸುವೇ ಪಿತರಮಸ್ಯೂರ್ಧನ್ ಮಮಯೋ ನಿರಪ್ಸ್ವಾ ಅಂತಸ್ಸಮುದ್ರೇ ತೋ ವಿತಿಷ್ಟೇ ಭುವನಾನು ವಿಶ್ವೋತಾಮೂಂದ್ಯಾಂ ವಶ್ಮಣೋಪಸ್ಪೃಶಾಮಿ ಅಹಮೇವಾತ ಇವ ಪ್ರವಾಂಯಾರಭಮಾಣಾಭುವನಾನಿ ವಿಶ್ವಾ ಪರೋ ದಿವಾ ಪರ ಏನಾ ಪೃಥಿವ್ಯೈತಾವತಿ ಮಹಿನಾ ಸಂಬೂವ ಆಪ್ಯಾಯಂತು ಮಾಂಗಿ ವಾಕ್ಪ್ರಾಣಶ್ಚಕ್ಷುಶ್ರೋತ್ರಮಥೋ ಬಲಮಿಂದ್ರಿಯಾಬ್ರಹ್ಮೋಪನಿಷದ ಮಾಹಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನಿರಾಕೃತ್ಯಾಕರೋತ್ಕರಣಮಸ್ವನಿರಾಕರಣಮೇಸ್ತು ತದಾತ್ಮನಿ ನಿರತಿ ಯ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸು ಧರ್ಮಸ್ತೇ ಮಯಿ ಸಂತು ತೇ ಮಯಿ ಸಂತು ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿಬಡಿ ಟುಡೇ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಗೋನ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂ ದ ಸ್ಟಡಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಕೇನೋ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಮಂತ್ರ ನಂಬರ್ ತ್ರೀ to mantra number 8 and we thank aurobindji for taking his time 
and his interest in spreading the knowledge of the Kena Upanishad, the Upanishads in general, that we may be benefited by the speculative knowledge that is so pregnant with wisdom and with knowledge that the Upanishads become the source of all that we need to know when it comes to the knowledge of truth. And we are fortunate enough to be studying the Keno Upanishad because as we have discussed, it being the primary Upanishad, having the central theme that begins with the questioning of who, what, and from where is all this thought and all this experience and all the functioning of my being happening. This inquiry is a simple inquiry that does not exactly need to be told as to what it is. It is simply to be inquired. Anything that is definitely said as this comes again a concept in our mind. And that concept takes us in loops where we start to believe and intellectual understanding is the knowledge of the truth. But it is far from it. It is that experience where eventually the Upanishads say the mind cannot reach and the senses have no access to it. In the sense, it is not that which can be cognized by the senses or understood conceptually as uh, an idea that the truth can be understood in a particular way. The mind has to be transcended in the sense that the mind has to be understood to be that which is bound by the limitations of conceptualization, imagination, and the objects of perceptions that's associated with it, while this is the source of it. And this idea of the source of our very entity is beautifully explained in the Kena Upanishad after, as soon as the question is asked. And even there, the beauty is that even in the claim of what the truth is, it still leaves you in the question where the inquiry has to be made. That mantra goes like Shrotrasya Shrotra Manaso Manoyad Vachoha Vacham Sa Upranasya Pranaha Chakshuraha Chakshurati Muchadhiraha Pretyasma Loka Damrata Bhavanti. It goes to say that if you are inquiring, know for sure that it is a source from which all hearing happens. It is a source from which all thinking happens. It is the source from which all speech gain their power. It is that which enlivens the prana in our being. It is verily that all-pervading reality. And the wise and the people who are very much willed to know this truth, they free themselves by knowing this great knowledge of what exactly is the source. Such is the profundity of this Upanishad and we'll be fortunate enough to have more contemplative ideas. These ideas are not merely for study, but people who in this uh, room have done a lot of contemplation and have studied uh, um, a good amount of literature when it comes to the Vedanta. This very text becomes a text for contemplation, for meditation itself. It is supposed to leave us to a point of silence where the words themselves have to be shut down. So with this much of an introduction, I request Aurobindji to begin the session on the Keno Upanishad today. Thank you. Thank you, Prasad. Thank you for the introduction and the chanting. Om 
नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्म विद्या संप्रदाय कर्तृभ्यो वंश ऋषिभ्यो महद्यो नमो गुरुभ्य शंकर शंकराचार्यं केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाषिकृत वंदे भगवत ईश्वरो गुरात्मेति मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योमवद्याप्तहाय श्री दक्षिणामूर्त नम <clears throat> I will chant the eight mantras of the Upanishad, first chapter. Om Keneshitam Patadiprekshitam Manaha Kenaprana Pratama Praiti Yukta Keneshitam Vajam Imam Vatandi Chakshuchotram Kahudevo Yunakti Srotrasya Srotam Manaso Manoyad Vachohavacham Sahupranasya Pranaha चक्षुर्गच्छतिनावाग्गच्छतिनोमनःनविद्महोनाव्यजानीमोएततनिशिष्याद्अन्यदेवतद्विदिताततोअभिदिताददिविदिशुश्रमपूर्वेषामएनत
the breath the life the air the pranasya prana and is eye of the eye and people that one who is courageous enough to know what this is that who is that or what is this having detached from this loka from from the enjoyment or the for the cognition or the for the perception or for engagement of the world they establish themselves in the state of immortality so and then then the master further goes says that na tatra chakshur gachati na vag gachati no manaha na vidmaho na vijani maha etat anushishyat now the word the tatra chakshur gachati the eyes cannot reach that place where the where the 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 eye is being propelled by what force the eye cannot see itself or the force with which eyes are able to see that cannot be seen by the eyes itself navagachadi neither can the words go to the source of that to describe that through its own potency of walk or the sound no manaha neither can the mind contemplate or even imagine or give an idea or a picture of what it is like that neither the mind can reach that state where it is from where it is coming navidmaha we do not know navijani maha we do not know how to explain it also and even edat anushishya how do we explain that because it is beyond words beyond mind beyond the ears beyond the words so how do i explain that is the question with the master is as if in the soliloquy he is saying that to the student then he says that okay let me at least try making some sense to what i am saying so he starts with one in the continuation of the nachotchurgatyati then he says that anyadeva tadditat ato aviditatati idi shishruma purvesham yena satvyaj chakshire now this mantra even though i explained in the last class there has been back channel request that this and the meaning of this is not very clear so for that purpose i am going to slightly explain it in a different way anyat eva tadviditat anyat eva so when we say anyat anya means sapra apart from that eva means alone or by that alone that tat anyat eva viditat the other than what is known viditat this that it is other than what is known we have an experiential world of both internal world and external world as what we know it is from our experiences <clears throat> and we also bring it out of memory which is past experiences stored in the form of memory so both put together all the known things is either in the past or what is known currently being experienced in our in the in the day to day life atha means also aviditat adhi it is it is beyond the unknown that means what is known is one set what is other than that which i do not know but i may even consider it is existing or non existing that comes into the category of unknown 
But it is said, avisidat adi, it is beyond that. Now, how can something which is beyond unknown exist? When I am saying I have known set of objects or certain known set of experiences, and the rest is all included in the unknown. So, even the one which is beyond unknown is still in the unknown only. But the word Adi, when that is said that it is neither known nor unknown, it has to have a different meaning altogether, which it is neither known. You cannot say neither it is known nor it is unknown. It is known at the same time it is unknown. Then only it can become beyond the unknown. Ato avidita tati. For example, it's a very, very basic example which we say. Imagine a child being asked by a, I mean a father being asked by a child. Father, can you explain me what is space? I said that, you know, the space subtly is going, something is being sent into the space and all. What is that space? I know when you are taking me to the market or to the school or the hospital, I know what it is. But what is space? You Can you explain it to me? So the father explains to the child saying, see son, you look at the, the where the sun is shining and in the night you see the stars and the moon and all. All that what you see up above is called the space. So the son asks, if that is the case, you have told me earlier that like the moon, the sun, the earth is also a planet. So the planet also must be in the, the planet, earth also must be in the space. So the sun, when he asked the question, father knew that the sun is not coming down to ordinary thing. He is slightly intelligent enough to understand that. So he says, yes, it is in space that earth also is there as because it's a planet like, you know, other planets are the, suspended in the space. But you didn't tell me what is space that. Please explain me. I know that you say this is all existing in space. But how do I know what is space? The father is coming to a situation where he is difficult to explain that. He has to now use the words which the boy is not able to grasp with his own knowledge. Neither the father has the knowledge how to explain it even though he knows it. But there are no words to explain it. He says that it is, it is in which all these things exist. The, the planet, the sun, the moon, the stars and the earth and everything exists. So the sun asks, if that is the case, if the sun and the planet and the moon exist, if the earth is also existing, means, do you mean to say you exist, I exist, we also exist in the space? Then father says, yes. We are also existing in space. Unless without space, nobody can exist or nothing can exist. So then the question is very, very going from the external world to the more inside. So if the son asks, what happens if the space is removed? The father has no answer. Where will you remove the space to where? That state when the mind becomes dumbfounded, 
or where the mind cannot go there, it is, you can say, that is the state where the word, words cannot reach. The mind cannot reach. The, you know, the eyes cannot reach. This is a, a very gross example. You cannot explain how the space can be removed from an object. Even if you want to remove it, where will you remove it to? You cannot remove it. Or even if you assume that technically or hypothetically you want to do it, where can you remove it? And if you remove it, will the, will the object exist without the space? These are the questions which will come up. Same is the situation when the master is this, when the teacher is being asked by that student, he has to say the same thing. It is neither known, it is not unknown, it is beyond the known and the unknown. That type of a statement is making that only way it is, you cannot say it is known because we know space, we know we, we, but at the same time, do you know what is space? If you know what is the space, please tell me. You can explain to me if, if that is the case. You should remove it and show it to me or you have to explain it in the words. Just because saying it is the one in which everything is existing doesn't mean that in my dream, the whole world is existing and the other set of world is existing in my dream. Is the space there in my dream? The child can ask that question. No. So these type of questions when it comes, the ordinary answers will not be able to explain it. You have to say it is known at the same time, it is not unknown. It is beyond known and unknown, at the same time it is both known and unknown. So it is in a situation like this, that this word, Anyadeva Vididat Ato Avididat Ati, that word is being used by the Rishi. And then to, for him, he said, Idishishruma Purvesha, this is how my my previous predecessors, my ex teachers to whom I have asked the same question, they have explained to me. And thus we hear from the past masters, this is how it is to be understood, that it is known, unknown, yet beyond known and unknown. Yet vajana agbhivititam yena vag abhyutite adeva brahmattam vidhi netam idam upasate. This is the fourth mantra. Yet vajana abhyutitam. Vaj means words. That which is not expressed by the words, but by which the word gets the potency to express and give an experience when we hear it. Vag abhyudite. That is not what the words can describe it. But when we hear words, there is an experience within us which is happening by the words. What is causing that experience? Not definitely not the words. Because if the words have been giving the experience, every time we hear same word, the same experience should happen. But that is not what is happening. He, depending upon the circumstances or the depending upon the context of the word which is being used, 
the words have conveyed different experiences within ourselves as knowledge or information. To make that more clear to the student, the master says, na idam yet idam upasate. Not this, what you understand as this. This means the word. Idam means the word. So word here, the word, there are two ways in which we can look at it. Aham and idam are the two ways in which we we have interaction or experience in the world. I am the experiencer. Everything else, idam, is this, which is an object of experience for me. Or everything else which is in the, if you, if you are a meditator, you will be meditating on some object as a meditator, meditation, object of meditation. That is also not what you are meditating upon, is not what Brahman. Tat eva Brahmatam vidhi. You should understand that as Brahma with which the words create an experience of knowledge in, within ourselves when we hear the words. The words has a power only when that power is enjoyed by the words, it makes a meaning for it. Now, uh, another example which we can bring it is a person who is sleeping or who is awake but not giving attention. When you call him for the first time, if he, even if he has the word has a potency to reach his ears, he doesn't acknowledge it because the word has reached his ears. The vibration of the the sound wave has traveled from your mouth to all the way to his tympanum in the ear drum. The sound has fallen, but he has not heard it. But only that that when it is functioning or that is giving the power to the words, the word which you are falling into your ears makes a experience to you as you have heard it. That you should know as that power, that is what is called Brahma. Na, what you think as is idam, the other than the word. So that means here word, the adam, when I am defining that or other, idam is not what Brahma, then aham and idam, in that I have to remove all idam, then there is an aham. Then I will think that I am the one, then what is to be considered as Brahma. To, de- to remove that notion from the mind, he immediately says the fifth mantra. Yen manasana manute yenahur manomatam pateva brahmattum vidhi netam upasate. Here he is saying that when I am saying not the this, so you have removed everything from the world of objects and experiences outside other than you, then immediately you will think, oh, what I am imagining is what is Brahman? To, to remove that idea from the mind, he says, not by the mind. What you think by the mind is not what it is. But the power of which the mind can think about it or the, the way in which the mind is functioning can happen only in the presence of that. Yenahur Manomatam. That is what is being to be told by the mind as just we mind, not the function vritti. Here you have to understand the vritti and the, my, the knowledge. 
see what happens in the typical sense is that awareness is one thing in the when the awareness when an object or a sensory input comes there is a ripple in the awareness which is called the vritti or the thoughts or the flow of thoughts now these thoughts when they when they are active we call it as mind but when that vibration or the pulsation the spandanam doesn't happen in the awareness because of the null without the sensory inputs the mind is not having the thoughts this is what happens when the sound was heard that did not create the ripple in the mind to know it as as a thought to know the sound but the awareness of the substratum was there that sound could not make a ripple to in the mind to make it as a thought with which the memory comes back saying that okay he called my name that is taken from the memory so that has not happened so where here the mind the rishi says yet manasana manute that is not with which the mind is thing but which mind is having the potency to think that is what is to be known as tadeva brahmatvam vidhi not though there are people who are doing mana upasana you know thinking at you know watching the thought and mindfulness and all those things being done to concentrate on the mind and mind's activity but in that process also there we should understand that there is the observer or the one who is mindful of mind that is different from the mind and the one who is observing the mind the observer of the mindfulness is different from the mind and the knowing of the mindfulness is also known in that awareness not in the mind so tadeva brahmatvam vidhi nedam idam upasate then comes to the the next one is our chakshu ஜோதி there is a fire flickering there are people who are imagining that mental visual visual projections in the mind so to ward off all that again he saying because this the student has studied the upanishads so he may immediately think about the, what is told in the katha upanishad angushtamatra purusha jyoti antar jyoti you know which which is without the smoke it is burning all those upanishad words comes to his mind so that the child the student can think about a, a visual imagination oh that is the brahman the like the the size of a thumb and like a thumb you know you know with without flickering the lamp the burning inside the my heart no yet chakshushana pasyati yena chakshumsi pasyati neither internal vision nor the external vision external vision being gross that the student is intelligent enough to understand master is telling not about the world outside he is talking about something which is within me naidam idam upasate so that has taken off the entire world of experience from the outside from my my purview 
So, but yet I can still imagine something that which is as an idea or visualizing something inside as myself or my my real nature or Brahman in me. So he toward of that he says yet chakshusha napashyati. The eyes cannot see that. That is why viditat ato aviditat adi. So any type of knowledge or ignorance or the beyond knowledge cannot be included in it. So what chakshushansapachyati, what is seen by the eyes externally or internally will be an item which is belonging to the known or the unknown. But this is beyond that. So, but at the same time, there is this which is with which things are known by the eyes both externally and internally. Whether in you are in a waking state, you see the world of outside, or whether you are in a dream, you see a world of internal creation of, because of there is an un, so internal organ of vision which is projecting the dream. So don't think that you are either of that, neither the external nor the internal eye can divulge this, but because of which, only in the presence of that, the experiences of the world, both internal and external, happens. This is why it happens when you are visually seeing a world outside, somebody walks in front of you, or some event takes place in front of you, you do not recognize that because the awareness was not there for the eyes to observe that. <clears throat> Same thing in the dream. Whatever happens, we do not, we are not aware of what happens in the dream. And even when the dream stops, we are in our deep sleep. So there is no perception of anything in the deep sleep. So all those things shows that the awareness from within which or that power with which the mind, the walk, the, the eyes, everything functions is what is to be known as Brahma, not what we normally meditate upon or understand upon in the world outside. Then comes the seventh mantra. Yet shotrena na shrunoti yena shotram idam shrutam tadeva brahmatvam viddi neta vidam upasati. Now, there are meditation messages and meditating on the nato upasana or the omkara upasana and listening to the om sound and upasana. So to what of that type of imagination which is hap- which can happen to the student? Yet shotrena na shrunoti. You cannot hear Brahman. You cannot hear Atman or Brahman with your ears. But yena srotram idam shrutam. Only if that is functioning or that is powering your ears, you can hear what is the world outside or either inside or outside, internally or outside. The mental chatter or the external chatter which you hear. Both can happen only through the presence of that and that is what is called the real hear listening. One is hearing and one is listening. In either case, both the cases, it can happen only if there is that power which is within you and giving the, the organs the power to function their own. Think that is Brahmatum, not what you are doing the meditation upon like the Omkara Upasana or Nada Upasana. Or the, you know, the Vedic chantings or mantra, tantra, all those things, japa, nama, japa, all those things are 
is upasana only but only if this is enlightening or giving empowering your ears your actions have got any meaning so understand that what you do externally or your internal meditations or nada upasana or brahma upasana or all those type of upasana is not what is brahman tateva brahmatvam vidhi that you should understand the power the which in with everything every organ starts functioning and that is to be understood as your that is your nature and tadeva brahmatvam vidhi and that is tam brahma and tvam both are that so tad eva that alone is brahma tad eva tvam that way you have to anal this thing uh, what you call uh, make a meaningful word of the that tadeva brahmatvam vidhi so in the simple sentence the word will look like that alone brahma you should know but that is not exactly how the rishi wants you to understand tadeva that alone which is that for with which the eyes can eyes is able to see with which the mind is able to mind the with the which the 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 ears can hear or the listening or hearing happening is a, that is brahma and that is you tad eva brahma tad eva tvam vidhi na idam ididam upasate not what you think as a object of your meditation obviously uh, when you have been doing all this while now he comes to the last mantra of this of the first canto we say that yet pranena praniti yena prana praniyate tadeva brahmatvam vidhi nedam idam upasate now here comes the prana part of it all of us have been told from the time we have knowledge that when the breathing stops the prana stops the body is dead the life force is prana and there is a pranopasana also given in the upanishads and the vedas where how to meditate upon the prana and pranopasana will lead you to higher higher worlds of experience like brahmaloka and hiranyakarpa prapti etc even that is not brahma that is upasana so nedam idam upasate don't even think that the prana what you are doing the upasana with which you want to go to brahma loka or the hiranyagarbha loka that is the prana with which is the brahma no it is which which prana is the prani praniyate the prana becomes prana only in the presence of that that vital force becomes vital only in the vitality of brahman or atman that is what is to be known as brahman not what you we been meditating upon the prana or the the what you call the the upasaka vastu of pranopasana so we should understand that even when the prana leaves the body the body become dead inert and everything it is it doesn't mean that that brahma or atma has left the body all it has done is it has withdrawn the power from the prana to breathe itself 
it has withdrawn the power from the eyes to withdraw the power the vision power it has withdrawn the power from the mind to mind it has withdrawn the ears the power of hearing so all those things have been withdrawn from those becomes inert objects attached to the body and that is what it is what happens when the physical body is being discarded by anybody but tum vidhi you are still there you should know that you by even when these things are withdrawn you are not going to be in any way amrutatva meeti pratyasmad lokat amruta bhavanti he is taking back you to the first the second mantra with this thing it from or when you are withdrawing from all those things either during death or you are you are understanding with vidhi with your knowledge you withdraw from your operations of your eyes your operation of your ears operation of your mind operation of your prana etc as what you know as the energy or that which is your real nature you are the one because of which the prana is working you are the one because of which your mind is working you are the one because of which your ears are hearing you are the one because of which your eyes are able to see tad tum brahmasmi that you are brahma you are that that is what is your should be known not what you think as a prana with which we have been doing the upasana all those all these years so with this the first part is coming to end but the second part is the most complex part of this upanishad even though it has got only five mantras some of them are in the prose order some are in the in the, in the shloka mantra order but this part which has been now is only a preamble to the the meditative part which is going to come how do we do that see it is easy to explain that this is not that this is not that then when you are negating that the question in which will come in the mind is if these are all negated what is that which i should be doing or what is that which i should know tadeva brahma tum vidhi you are telling to me to know that as brahma so how do i do that you are not telling me the process with which i should do that this is being taken up in the next in the next kanda with the with the starting mantra which we will deal with in detail in the next class yadi manyase suvededi dahramevaapi nunam tvam veta brahmano roopam yadasyatvam yadasya devot now mimamsyameva te manye viditam what does it mean in simple sentences it says that if you think that you know quite well with all those thing which i told you till now that it is the eye of the eye ear of the ear mind of the mind prana of the prana and tadeva brahmatvam viti which is not what you have been doing the upasana till now if you think that you have understood very little you know about it you have not understood what i have said till now if you think you know that you are not understood because it is something which cannot be known that is why atho viditat atho avititat ati is the first statement which the guru says it is it is neither you can group it into the known nor you can group it into the unknown it is beyond the known unknown because it is both known and unknown so it is beyond the known and unknown so there is why if you think you know brahman quite well very 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 little did you understand what i told you till now 
and that is where the next chapter begins with he is saying that if you have created any mental image of what is to be known what i understood from all these what my guru has said guru is giving you a total bouncer by saying that if you have mentally constructed anything please you have not understood it you have not understood if you say you know it if you do if you say that you do not know that means you are not thought about it also in either way you are not understood this properly this is now being explained in next five mantras in the next uh, kanta or next uh, section of the upanishad which we'll give in, get into more details because that needs very high level of uh, analysis and thought process which we will do it in the next session om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyate om shanti 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 hi हरि श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि थैंक यू थैंक यू वेरी मच अरविंदो जी फॉर अ वंडरफुल एक्सप्लेनेशन ऑफ द वेरी फर्स्ट एट नाइन मंत्राज ऑफ दिस तलवकार उपनिषद कठोपनिषद एज यू राइटली पुट इट इट इज वॉट एवर यू हैव स्टडीड टिल नाउ इट्स जस्ट एंड प्रियम्बल द एक्चुअल फिलोसफी विल स्टार्ट फ्रॉम द नेक्स्ट टॉपिक प्रोबेबली इन द नेक्स्ट friday session the actual uh, import of upanishads will start yes as you said the study of upanishads is really really the very important and it's a very serious affair mundaka upanishad somehow puts it as nayamatma balahinena labhyo the very knowledge is not attained by the weak upanishads contains the message of strength and we need to be a dhira to understand the in-depth knowledge of the upanishads also that's why the very invocatory mantra of this kena uh, upanishad beautifully puts it in a starting invocation that appayantu mamangani the very prayer it 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 shows us that may all my limbs grow strong so also my breath my speech my eyes ears and all my organs all is brahman of which the upanishad speaks there is a whole lot of discussion about these senses and the powers 
their capacity and their incapacity uh, to understand the parabrahman there is really a, a, a good nexus anyhow we have started from the kathopanishad uh, actually arvindoji has uploaded uh, the kathopanishads in youtube uh, whoever has could not uh, hear him or listen to him you can definitely have the chance to listen to those things there is a whole lot of nexus between these upanishads because arvindoji beautifully explained while explaining the kathopanishads also because we know uh, Uh, in katopanishad in one of the mantra the atman can never be well comprehended if taught by an inferior person even though often pondered upon was the message we got in katopanishad and many many mantras you, you will have the very glimpse or you can build a good nexus uh, this knowledge of which thou hast obtained is not attained by mere argumentation it becomes easy for comprehension indeed or dearest when taught by another the art of true resolve indeed may we get the inquiries like b in most cases in i'm just referring a few a mantras from kathopanishad where it tells that this atman cannot be attained by the study of vedas nor by intellect nor even by much learning by him it is attained whom it chooses this his own atman reveals its own uh, the real form here while explaining the very brahman it started started the very question of kena Uh, that w- we touched a few things in katopanishads also for so i'll uh, understand trying to understand the parabrahman the upanishad katopanishads puts it that for the fear of that parabrahman the fire burns for the fear of that parabrahman the sun shines for the fear of him the indra vayu even the death yama the fifth proceed uh, with their respective of functions was the mantras important kathopanishads there is the close connection uh, between these upanishads see uh, his form is not within the field of vision none can see him with the eyes he is revealed by the intuition of the intellect which resides in the heart and controls the mind those who know him becomes immortal when the five senses of the perception lies still with the mind in the self when the intellect works not that is the supreme state that's we studied uh, these things in katopanishads because it puts it categorically that the atman can never be reached by speech nor by eyes nor even by mind how can it be realized otherwise than from those who say that it exists all these mantras are you know, closely connected to this kenopanishads arbindoji 
uh, actually took extra efforts to convey the very uh, the import of these mantras uh, because he repeated from the third mantra to the eight or nine mantras once again for the benefit of us he has repeated uh, uh, these mantras it's a wonderful explanation and once again i request whoever has any questions pertaining to these mantras about this upanishad we will take it up here and arbindoji will explain and all general questions about the philosophy and other things will be taken up in other uh, sessions by life, life beyond in this club only i request the listener to ask questions thank you once again i thank arbindo ji and prasad ji for the wonderful chanting and a great introduction to the kena upanishads thank you thank you very much so arbind um i got very strange uh translations of this the um the, the and they're it's almost like they're fundamentally different the link there's the slokum.org site that has kena uh and verse 8 reads that which cannot be heard by the ear but by which the hearing is perceived that alone know as brahman and n- not that which people hear worship and then um for um i bought uh swami uh chinmayananda's uh version uh his translation and uh 8 reads as follows that which one breathes not with his breath but by which breath is breathed know that to be brahman and not this which people do worship uh here and then uh and then the um the version that uh we you have posted um for um on the uh, on for clubhouse uh, on the, you know above may you know that alone as brahman which does not know by the sense of smell but by which the sense of smell itself is enabled brahman is not this which people worship so i mean the first one uh with from slokum uh dot org is talking about that which cannot be heard by the ear that's fundamentally different what like what what's going on do you think see the slokum is a literal translation of uh, shankaracharya's bhashya which is talking about uh a he is talking from the point of view of that explanations which are given in the <clears throat> in in continuation from 
in continuation from where this uh, you know the upasama is given in the previous chapter of the upanishad before the upanishad he is taking the thread from that and explaining now there are two ways in which this upanishads can be perceived one is one is the traditional method of uh, what you call the shastra shastriya marga in which case one will have to stick to shankara bhashya or the and the subsequent bhashya of anandagiri and etc that will be a traditional method where you know they will go by the for their the opponents are those days people who believed in philosophy like yeah mirvamsa nyaya tarka and buddhist and even the charvakas but today if somebody has to explain without getting into the traditional way but the traditional way is the one which one has to study ultimately what is being given by me is a glimpse from the modern man's point of view that we and many of the people are not even aware of such such texts existing and what way of thinking it is asking us to find out for our own reality so i have not gone into the traditional method and explained it in that way because if that is the case i like to presume that people who are listening should know what is mimamsa what is nyaya what is tarka and all those nyaya vaisheshika systems because the the terminologies used there are that so from that point of view if i had touched that nobody will may be able to make head and tail because otherwise i'll have to explain each of the word when that is being used also so what i have done is that i have taken more of a generalized approach without deviating from the theme of the upanishad and what is the traditional way they have been telling i have rephrased it to a modern scientific mind to appreciate it which should prompt them people like you to know the reality beyond that the what i have introducing you to get into the details of it and go more for a deeper study my purpose is not to give the uh, answer right now exact exactly as per what the upanishad has been told but will give you a glimpse of what the upanishad is telling us to do this is what my intention is thank you uh hariyom arvindu ji for a great uh, session uh the spanda was very very beautifully put up otherwise uh, there is no knowledge possible there now in the way we went about is neti 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 not this not this not this and that sort of elimination happened and there is one commentary was about beyond known unknown known unknown and beyond so if you take uh, i think two classifications of knowledge para and apara apara is knowledge of the objects let's knock it out para you know knowledge of the self in the knowledge of para 
there will be you know self knowledge and there will be ignorance now in the way the upanishad put it it is beyond known and unknown of para itself because it is much bigger much vast it's very vast but what has stopped from saying it is Venkatji, not... there is lot of background noise coming from your side yeah, yeah, yeah. can you can you hear me now so we can so, hear you but uh, your background voice is disturbed from others talking also equally oh. loud oh sorry sorry i'm i'm ready i do uh close that close my question what has stopped from upanishad inclusive of known unknown and beyond why it is saying it is beyond known unknown why didn't it include it why it excluded it the the main reason why it excluded is that because immediately the tendency for the listeners will be to affirm what they had already been doing like the visual images or the you know the pranayama method or nadobhasana or pranava pranavopasana all those type of upasana which are being doing by day that is why nedidam upasate when it is instituting that it should ensure that what are the things people are doing the upasana on that will come be either in the known or unknown so it has to be taken beyond that otherwise they will affirm that what they are doing is right and they will not reach the destination what is supposed to be the destination to the method of teaching them yes it it has to take you out of your present uh, notions which about that you know either the god or brahman or atman or whatever may be the you may have you have already got a mental image of certain conditions it has to take it is it is not it is neither it mansana manuti yena manuhmatam the mind cannot reach there or not the mind cannot grasp it so if the mind itself cannot grasp it what to talk about the sense organs ಪ್ರಣಾಮಿಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಮಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಮಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಮಿಂಗ
because their cup is already empty. They are not conditioned by any of the dogmas or rituals or religious beliefs in that. But unless, whether you are interested to know or whether you have a belief or not, doesn't matter. This question about finding out the truth, what is my real nature, unless that comes within the mind, whether you are doing upasana or not doing upasana, will not make any difference for them. There are millions and millions of people who are not even bothered about who they are. Forget about what they are made of. Yes. So that jignasa must come. Then, even without any rituals or any kind of that thing, the things will be easier to approach for the ultimate realization. Yes. So I, I know I know for sure that there are people who are stuck with the different methodologies. They are already got used to it. And they feel fearful to leave that. Then they think that no, it is just like you are holding on to the the only rope which is hanging to take you out of the waters. But another rope, when it is given, they are not ready to grasp it, thinking, you know, what, I, what happens if I leave this rope and that is not caught? I'll be falling into the pit and dying. So they are scared of that. That is why most of the people stuck with the sadhanas are refusing to accept anything new. Then in that case, are the karmas prescribed in Vedas are opposed to the Vedanta? Are Vedanta opposed to, that is Upanishadic thoughts, are opposed to the karma theory? No. Are they complementary? Complement, it, it is not complementary also. What it is says that the realm of Discussion between the Upanishad and the Karma is totally different. That is what I told in the first class, the Purusha Tantra and the Vastu Tantra. Upanishad talks about the Vastu Tantra. What is the reality? The reality is what is cannot be changed by any activity or anything. It is apaurashaya or it is, you know, it is untouchable by any action. And it is neither changing in the nature, nor it is different to different people. It is all the time achalam, sarvagatam, stanu, you, whatever, you know, the indicative words we want to use, we can use it. But that is not the case in the case of karmakanda in the Vedas, where they, there swarga kamo yajeta, putra kamo yajeta, uh, dana kamo yajeta. These are all purusha tantra, where you do a certain thing and you achieve certain result out of it. The result can be immediate or after death. doesn't matter. But that is not going to know the reality of what you are. So Purusha Tantra and Vastu Tantra are two different things you are talking. But Upanishad has no problem with people doing that. But do not it is, it, it is just like, you know, some people are coming to learn Upanishad. There are many people who are not even interested or not knowing what is Upanishad and understand. Upanishad is not worried about people who are not interested in to learn Upanishad. They have got their own priority. Let them proceed it. But when you are driven with any other choice to know what is, who you, what is my reality or who you are, there is no other book, no other philosophy or no other 
method in which you can know it unless other you come to Upanishads. The only place where you can find an answer for your real nature is only Upanishad. Now Upanishad, when I say that, either it can be a direct Upanishad like what is what is being discussed here, or the masters who are embodiment of Upanishad, who talk the same language of Upanishad without the scriptures. They can be like that. But basically what they just mean is Upanishad, the word itself is that, you know, when you when you are sitting close to yourself, means what? That is what Upanishad word meaning is there. That is being explained in the the introductory word of Kato uh, Upanishad, which I didn't take because that was a Shankarabhashya part of it. He explained the word Upanishad, what it is, Upa and the Ni and Shad Dhatu, what are the meanings of the Shad Dhatu, how does it mean the Upanishad means sitting in your, or sitting near to your real nature is what the meaning of the book Upanishad is mean. It also means sitting near a teacher and learning. So there are different meanings to the word Shad, Shad Dhatu. So from that point of view, this is the only place where you can find an answer for your question, who am I? Or what am I? Or what is the world out of, made of? Why am I having experience? What is the basis of my experience? All these things are answered only by the Upanishad. No other book in the entire world answers that. Even psychology or philosophy or the other books are not handling this aspect. So all said, said and done, most of the rituals and other things which are which people are engaging themselves with are mostly impediments and the real jignasa of knowing who am I should be an individualistic approach and not through any of this karma or jnana, whatever. Is it so, sir? Basically, those things are used to develop Shraddha in the, in the teaching. Those who do those type of activity, they definitely tend to be more sharper in the mind or concentrating towards these type of teaching because they will not be get tempted by the sensual, you know, attractions which can come from the world outside because they, they know how to control their senses during the time of that practice. So that will come helpful for this study also for their purpose of this. But those who are not doing that, they do not know how to control their senses. Even while listening a good song comes or a, something else comes in way of attraction, their sense organs they may get distracted and they may not listen exactly what is being discussed at that time. That will not happen people who have got Shraddha in the, in the methodology and then they will be more attentive. My one more question is, are there practices to achieve the Upanishadic truth? Even, even there also certain practices are to be observed. Is it so? Yes, the Shastra says Tat Chindanam Tat Kadanam Anyonyam Tat Prabodhanam Tat Chindanam You have to think about the Upanishad statements all the time Tat Kadanam When you are talking about like what I am doing with Upanishad 
thinks you should be talking to people anyonyam tat prabodhanam when there is a dialogue a questioner session which is happening after the upanishad is there mutually those who know can tell those who know better will tell and that way you also will learn and when that is a parasparam bhavayanta shreya paramavapsyasa is what is that what says it said that by mutually complimenting with our own knowledge both of us will enrich ourselves this is a sadhana for the upanishadic sadhana tat chindanam tat kadanam anyonyam tat prabodhanam thank you arbindo ji pranams to your lotus feet thank you pranams to you namaste arbindo ji namaste shrinivas yeah so very nice thanks i enjoyed the session especially i enjoyed the space example i felt that uh, one has to really understand that space the, how you related that uh, how, because even mind fails it becomes like a bouncer right sometimes those shlokas and all so i think uh, like one of the shanti mantra also says that um, namaste vayo tadeva prit tameva pratyaksham brahmasi so space which is like very close to our perceivable experience will that point i like very much so yeah i think that is uh, very nice because it also shares that <clears throat> omnipresent quality at least till there the shuddhata i think it's the purest substance we can see with our eyes or something like that so i, I felt very nice with the space example thanks that's what i wanted to say So, ಅನ್ಕನ್ಸೆಪ್ಚುಲೈಸೆಬಲ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಕ್ಟ್ಸೆಪ್ಚುಲೈಸೆಬಲ್ಸ್ಟ್
little boy asking his father about space, it's um, it's probably premature for us to you know to start getting into it because that'll come uh, in in this in this next uh, um, part of Kena. But I was thinking about that the you know from the perspective of uh, of the sun illuminating uh, the solar system. Uh, in our solar system, you know, we can we can sit in our home and watch the sunrise, and we can watch the sunset, and we can see the effect the sun has on objects uh, around us, and and then we can we can pull back and imagine ourselves on the moon, and from the moon's um, vantage point, um, the sun is always illuminating uh, that half of, of, you know, the earth um, because the pers from the perspective of the moon, the, the sun is, is always illuminating the earth. And, and then you can further take that, um, Srinivas, if you're thinking about it, it's really fun, is, is that that edge of that that edge of of the earth if you look at it the sun is shining but all we see is 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 darkness and that blankness but there's no doubt that there's light that's moving from the sun it's just moving past earth and so this is, um, I guess, a, a way that, you know, and I thought about that when he talked about this, you know, the little boy asking his father about space. Our use of language and these metaphors is very powerful in terms of understanding and conceptualizing the, the deeper truth um, in the Upanishad or whatever story it is that you know, that's being shared. It's all vantage point and it's all perspective and the use of language is essential in terms of getting that, you know, trying to nail that meaning, you know, for thousands of years, uh, these stories have been, have been shared for a reason because they're illusory. It's not because they're black and white, you know, there's nuance to all of it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, <clears throat> I think when uh, the space is uh, more not on the light or dark uh, size. It's literally we are not talking about outer space. Basically, when I think that space is something where you are sitting right now. So it's it's like that. That is the space. Not not only the outer space, but in which your house is there, in which you are there, in which your chair is there, in which phone is there. So that kind of space. It's not a transcendental space that is sitting outside the atmosphere of Earth. It is also the imminent space in which all the objects are. They can only be in space. If like uh, he was uh, Arvindaji was saying that if you remove the space. Like, where are you going to sit? Like, where is the house going to be there? And where is earth going to be there? So the space, more in the context of that, uh, that's why I was saying omnipresence, right? Like, where it is present everywhere, not only in the outer space or where sun doesn't shine, but it is everywhere where any object is, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, we're mixing the metaphors, but 
the the idea that that I have with that is uh, is that we think of if we if we think of um, consciousness as as the sun uh, the the idea in the first eight uh, slokas of Kena is is giving us that understanding of what of what that illuminating um, uh, power is and that sun shining on the objects of uh, our perception is is the point of um, of these first uh, eight it's that underlying power or truth that's illuminating the ear um, by which uh, we hear the eye by which we see it's not the eye itself and so uh, in the absence of that illumination there isn't an absence of that ultimate truth it's still there it's just simply not illuminating an object of our perception but anyway it's nuancy but it's it's uh, it's fun to be able to play with that yeah i would uh, i would use that same simile for a different uh, i have used it many before also that is the state of the deep sleep where imagine you are the sun and there are no planets in the entire space no milky way no andromeda no nothing just one sun what will it shine it cannot shine anything but it is the splendor of sun that is exactly what is happening in our deep sleep we are the full awareness of our awareness in the deep sleep but there are no objects for the for that awareness to shine because neither mind nor the world which has been projected outside is existing there so there is nothing to be projected or experienced or known yet the brightness of the awareness is full in its, its pristine glory without nothing to enlighten upon or light to, to lighten up that loneliness at the same time it is fullness and full brightness or full awareness so prakashita yeah and maybe it's 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 premature for sure um but uh, you know us when we were talking yesterday about deep sleep you know the uh, the question and the nature of uh of that state of mind um sarvapriyananda's perspective on it and his um his his way of articulating that is that it's this, it's the suspension of uh, the mind's um uh activities but it it creates this um question for us in terms of you know when we're in kena now is is that there's why like why is why does the mind suspend when consciousness isn't suspended consciousness isn't um on hold consciousness is um omnipresent but the mind's activity is suspended and so we go into this state uh where there is no experience so why why is the mind suspended its uh its activity is consciousness um turning it off is the mind turning itself off 
maybe it's not really appropriate right now, but it's a good question from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, we can discuss in the next room if maybe they want to close this room and close the uh, recording or something. Uh, we can discuss more in the next room, maybe.